This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on Washington. Washington, the Pacific Northwest. Yes. And with this, I got a, I got inspired from your tale of the folk monster last week. Oh, you week. did? I did. Because we were talking a lot about Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And Bigfoot is rampant in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So, like, if you go if you go to Washington, like, you will see, like, posters and billboards and, like, pictures and, like, merchandise of, like, just, like, Bigfoot. And it's, like, Bigfoot lives here. Like, things of that nature. I feel like I go to Washington a lot, and I've never seen that, but I always am downtown. No, even in downtown, like, the gift shops and stuff, like, they all have, like, a lot of, like, Bigfoot t-shirts. It's really weird. You know where the pier is? You go down to the pier uh, and they have like all the, there's like a shop down there that I always see like a ton of, it's the pirates one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that you say it, I, I can visualize the coffee mugs that have Bigfoot on it. Yeah. It's weird. Um, But yeah, I, so with your story last week, I was like, I wonder if there's any like, like, what can I find about Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest? Because clearly people believe that he lives up there. Yeah. Or one of them live up there. So Throughout history, there's always been, like, tales of, like, these giant beasts, right? Like, and it's always, like, unfathomable to us, almost, like, when they're described, like, like you said last week, seven feet tall, 800 pounds. Yeah, right. And you try to picture that in your head, and it's it's almost hard to picture somebody who's something that's, like, seven feet tall and 800 pounds, and they're, they're covered in hair. Like, it sounds like fiction it really does i mean i know apes they're not seven feet tall but they're like 800 pounds yeah yeah yeah. but like you see you see like a an ape and you're like yeah that's an ape right and then you see like a man like creature right walking on its hind legs kind of like haunched over yeah and yeah it's like hard to explain and i feel like if you saw it like i feel like at least for me it would be like my mind would just kind of go blank. Be like, what is, what am I looking at right now? Am I dreaming? <laughs> yeah. Is this real life? <laughs> um, there's always been like, I guess a lot of like vague tales about a hairy creature on the loose in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually, there's a lot of like native American folklore that will talk about Bigfoot like. Yeah. Oh, creatures. Gosh. A lot. But I guess the, the legend really took form in 1958. Mm-hmm. One morning in 1958, a journalist at the Humboldt Times received what he thought was an amusing and like kind of weird letter mm-hmm. about loggers in California. Okay. The loggers claimed to have stumbled upon really large footprints that were clearly too big to be made by like just a man. Right. Yeah. But it looked like a like a human footprint, like five toes. Yeah, five toes. Instead of the three toes of the folk monster, he did have five toes. (laughs) Hasn't hit winter yet. Uh, (laughs) So 
the journalist reading this letter, he was kind of like, he thought it was really amusing. And so he thought it would just be a fun Sunday morning article. You know, like people are on Sundays, people are like casual. They're like staying at home. Usually we're mm-hmm. not like, or you have like the term like Sunday drivers, like where people will just leisurely go out and drive right. for the day. Like it's just a laid back kind of day. Yeah. As it should be before you get ready for the work week. Right. So the journalist ended up writing a really small segment on the piece and didn't expect much of it. Mm-hmm. He just thought it would just be like something funny. Haha. we'll move on with like actual news tomorrow yeah uh however the the idea of this like monster Mm -hmm. that's just like lurking in the shadows of the forest really fascinated the public oh of course people are always fascinated by like mystery and right all of that so noticing the popularity of these stories, the paper began to write more and more mm-hmm. about this monster, this creature, and they would then to- uh, coin the term Bigfoot. Yeah. And that's how it's got, they got it. It got its name. Right. Because it had big feet. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was like the evidence that we had at first. Right. Mm-hmm. It was it was just a giant footprint. Right. That was not like a regular creature. Right. So in the same year, woodworkers along the Cascade Mountains started reporting sites of a humanoid creature that was seen crossing roads and lurking through the woods or sometimes even foraging for food. With this, and as more and more people started talking about it and more and more people started reporting all these sightings, it started becoming extremely popular and this like legend of Bigfoot just started to grow and become more popular i mean even today we all know mm-hmm. what the like bigfoot yeah oh absolutely you you say bigfoot and we all see like that silhouette of like mm-hmm. the yellow sign with the silhouette of bigfoot and it's like bigfoot crossing or right. whatever yeah definitely <laughs> or like the the walking yeah absolutely it's just fun it's like a pop culture thing to us now right it's like when you say dracula you just see like Nosferatu yeah yeah some people see like Edward Cullen (laughs) the children the children I see like pale face sleeked back black hair Mm -hmm. the black and red cape yeah that's what I think of when I see Dracula I agree so once um our Bigfoot friend reached what what you could call like celebrity status Mm -hmm. um He began appearing in a lot of like novels and paperback books. And then by the 70s, documentaries were trying to prove his existence. And then in the 80s, he became associated with nature conservation, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is just fun. Yeah. It's like that's his home. So like, let's conserve Bigfoot's home. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully that's because they wanted to see it. Yes. So. The what I'm about to read from you actually came from um, the triple A. It's weird. Triple A has articles about like, this is how you go to find Bigfoot. This is where you go to find Bigfoot. It is rampant in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, that's like, this is how you go and potentially die. Like, (laughs) there's literally driving tours that you can go and it literally maps out like places that Bigfoot has been seen and you can drive it in, in Washington. I mean, do you feel like that there's some random person out there in a suit 
<laughs> like so it so continues to be popular there is one town and i forget what it's called but they they have like a driving tour where you can go see where like the bigfoot sightings places mm-hmm. and along the way they do have like wood wooden log like bigfoot statues like carved out like placed and you oh. can get like pictures with it and stuff yeah so it's it's touristy right right but i mean what a way to boost tourism yeah i mean you can monetize anything right well and like after finding all these places i was like next time in washington i'm definitely going on a bigfoot <laughs> driving tour absolutely that, that sounds would, like fun yeah that would be fun <laughs> um so this article and these stories uh, I got from AAA um, just because and I wanted to just read them to you because they are very full of detail and they're just have good background on sightings of Bigfoot. OK, so artist and author Roger Fernandez of the low, lower Elwha band of the Skalalem tribe grew mm-hmm. up hearing the stories from his mother. The tales would often be from her childhood. At night along the Elwha uh, River, something would follow them making noises that weren't human. As an adult, he has used his artistic talents to illustrate these tales on request. So okay. he does like do like paintings and stuff, which I think is kind of cool. That is cool. Fernandez says indigenous cultures have due regard for the diversity of beings living in the forest. Native people have an intimate relationship with nature, and that includes beings you might not see. Native cultures have existed and know the right of sasquatch to exist however they determine that they are solitary and private for a reason so he's just like yeah sasquatch bigfoot they exist but like they they want their privacy and they like they keep to themselves (laughs) obviously right for many around the pacific northwest the existence of this creature is not up for debate Mm -hmm. bigfoot is real yeah the modern day image the one we see on logos all around the country is based on a clip from the patterson gimlin bigfoot film where Sasquatch was reportedly captured walking along a riverbank in Northern California. Since that clip in 1967, the lore and stories have just grown. Today, you can research sightings, both old and new, on the Bigfoot Field Researchers organization. So that it's the BFRO. This is a real organization that investigates Bigfoot sightings. I mean, I am here for it. Like They have a website with like documented proof of like, proof i'll put that in quotes because i don't you either believe or you don't right i'm on the side of like it's possible um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah they it's and it's they actually send people out so if you like if tomorrow you were like i saw bigfoot in colorado they would probably get in hold like a hold of you they would take like all of your like information down and they then they would go around and verify if this sighting was bigfoot or if it wasn't bigfoot I mean, but how can you verify that? Like, so I think there's such a big database of sightings that, like, your story they can tell if you're bullshitting them or not, based off of like how much evidence they've gathered over the many decades. Like, if I say, "Oh, he had a long nose, but Bigfoot really has a short," I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, like it's like if you start bringing up details that like aren't consistent with like other things that people right, have said, yeah. They'd be like, mm, you're lying. I don't know if they'd tell you to your face, but they'd yeah. be like, that wasn't a big foot Thank signing. you so much. You say one thing like, thank you. I think we have all the information we need. <laughs> so definitive proof of Bigfoot is lacking. Despite people's wide use of cell phones and digital cameras, mm-hmm. we don't have any like substantial proof of his existence. Even when people 
report a sighting in like modern time. Right. It's not like they take a picture of them on their cell phone, which it would be easy to do. But also in that situation, I don't think in my mind, my first thought is like, I should get my phone out and take a picture. And I also feel like the second that you try to pull your phone out, it's going to be gone. True. Well, and I would, I think I would be the, it's the mentality, like the, like my mentality would be like freeze. Mm-hmm. Don't move. If I don't move, they can't see me. <laughs> it's like T-Rex. Yeah. I don't know about these people that just like automatically pull out their phone. Like, do you remember the video of the guy being chased by a lion or a panther yes. or, or whatever? And they yes. pull out their phones like running. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like save your life instead of. For real. Get, getting this on camera. Right. That's not the most important thing right now. So David George Gordon is the author of the Sasquatch Seekers Field Manual. Mm-hmm. They have a field manual, guys. I mean, like, do people get paid for this? This is my question. Yeah. I mean, if you buy his field manual, I'm his f- fueled <laughs> his field manual, I'm sure he gets like profits from it. And honestly, I would kind of want to buy it because I kind of want to know what what does he like, what does this manual say exactly this is how you set up the tent so it'll be attract the big I don't know. right right i don't know so the field manual was kind of set up because they need solid proof right that bigfoot is real and he's he invites people like if you want to help prove or disprove that there is a sasquatch have everything lined up for your research and documentation because the experts will fight what he calls sloppy science and he said, you must be vigilant with details. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. like if, even with like ghost hunters. Yeah, you absolutely. have to have like the proper equipment and you can't yeah. just go somewhere and be like, oh, I heard a creak. What was that? And like, we didn't hear anything. And it's like, OK, well, calm down. You're you're faking. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find a Bigfoot. OK, let me take some notes. Well, OK, so. If you if you want to find a Bigfoot, your best bet, they say, is to go where black bears live. Most reported Sasquatch sightings have been in black bear terrain, and that makes sense as the habitat is most suitable to, to sustain a large animal, right? right? Like, there's caves, like, they have hiding places, like, it makes sense to me. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Black bears are very wary of humans. An estimated 25,000 black bears roam Washington, but most residents of the state have never seen one in the wild. That's so weird. Right. So if you want to find a Sasquatch, you'll have to find a remote forested area. In Washington, there are four regions that could be especially attractive to Bigfoot. Uh And these places are worth visiting regardless if you... (laughs) If you want to find a Bigfoot or not, even if you never spot the creature, the scenery is just beautiful. Washington is one of the most beautiful states I've ever been to. Really? It's so green. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. So searching for Bigfoot, if you want to search for him, the Olympic Peninsula is a classic spot to begin your search for Bigfoot. As numerous sightings occurred here over the past few decades, the roads pass into Olympic National Park and Forest, granting access to 950,000 acres of wilderness over the entire Olympic Peninsula. Oh, wow. The Queets area is one of the less visited sections of the peninsula, upping the odds of solitary encounters with Bigfoot. Like, it's serious, you guys. Like, there are guides. <laughs> like, people, like, I'm not, like, I, 
I can't stress it enough. Like there people really do believe and they're like, this is where you can go to find him. Yeah, but like, do people find him on those guides? I or don't see know. that I mean I don't know. There has to I don't know. It has to be because it's still going on. Yeah. And they're still being profitable in some sense, I would think. Right. So how? Why? Where's the evidence? Pictures, please. Right. So Mount St. Helens is another must-search area, I guess, for Mm -hmm. Bigfoot. Near the uh, Kalama River, the seasonally open roads from Merrill Lake Campground to Red Rock Pass near the Ape Caves are sufficiently off the beaten path to be a natural home for Bigfoot. Close by Forest Road 25 near Swift Reservoir is another remote route where uh, few seem to travel or linger, giving you a chance to listen and watch for the creature. Oh, wow. So to wrap this episode up on Bigfoot, I wanted (laughs) to share two somewhat recent sightings of of the creature. So both of these sightings were investigated by the BFRO, which is the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, as we said before. So this one was actually posted to a Bigfoot um, Facebook page on November or December 27th, 2021. Oh, like a year? Yeah. Bigfoot sighting, 1227, 12.30 a.m. on I-5 during the winter storm. It says, hello, I'm trying to find other people who who may have seen the same thing I did crossing the freeway in the middle of the night and middle of the snowstorm last night. There were about three or four other cars on the highway at the same time that would have seen this. I've never I've never followed Bigfoot sightings or reported one before, but this seemed like the best option to try and reach other folks. Seeing this thing really freaked me out. That's creepy. Last night at 1230 a.m. during the winter storm, I was driving home northbound to Seattle from Portland. Flights into SeaTac were all canceled, and I managed to get a flight from San Diego to Portland and decided I would drive home because Alaska Airlines was telling me it might be two more days before flights were rescheduled. At 12.30, I was driving on I-5 northbound through Centralia. After I saw this thing cross the highway, I marked the location on Google Maps with the link. She she provided the link. Oh. But I was driving, so give or take a couple thousand feet. Fair. It was 24 degrees outside, snowing. The roads were icy and snow-packed, and it was dark. There were no street street lights. There was a tall cement median separating northbound lanes from south um, northbound lanes from southbound. I thought it looked a little taller than normal, maybe four feet. There was one truck about a hundred yards ahead of me, nobody behind me that I can remember, and I think about three or four cars on the other side of the freeway coming southbound, who all were close together and would have seen this thing like I did. On my right-hand side, east side of the freeway, was just dark forest for as far as I could see. Out of my left window, I saw a bunch of tall parking lot lights in the distance and what looked like a factory or a warehouse, a little ways, maybe a thousand feet from the freeway. Mm -hmm. I was hyper-focused on the road because of the dangerous conditions and was driving about 40 miles per hour. I saw directly in front of me what I thought was a black shadow floating westbound across the highway from the east side towards the median. As I got closer, I was maybe 50 to 100 feet away and realized or assumed it was a person. And I thought to myself, what the hell are they doing crossing the highway in the middle of the night in the middle of a freezing cold winter storm? And in the middle of nowhere, I slowed down to not hit. I slowed down to not hit hit them. 
there were no cars stranded on the side of the road that I could see. I had, I had seen a few during my drive, only dark forests. So who were they and where were they going from, from there? I thought for a second, I thought they jumped out of the truck ahead of me, but thought there's no way it's moving 40 miles per hour like me. Right. I then noticed the way it moved. It it effortlessly crossed the cement wall. It didn't even look like it jumped the wall. The whole traverse in front of me and across the median looked like it was gliding or floating with an unusual ease. So creepy. Right? The way it moved really spooked me, but I saw it in my headlights enough to see it was a large humanoid form. And it was definitely not an optical illusion or floating debris like a trash bag full of styrofoam, which I have seen in the past. As I squared up with it, I had slowed down and it was already on the other side of the median. I could see its silhouette with the distant uh, parking lot lights backlighting it. And I clearly saw the shape of a large head and shoulders and it looked like it was just walking at that point. Literally just walking westbound across the other side of the freeway. In a winter storm. Right. And they were like, and it kind of goes on for a couple more paragraphs and she's just like, I'm shook. Yeah. I don't know what, what I saw help me like help me like identify like you know like just help me at least like ease my mind that i'm not crazy like i saw what i saw yeah or someone else saw what i saw too yeah exactly so another one it was observed on august 20th of 2020 in the evening about 8 10 p.m um it says my girlfriend and i were in my truck heading toward to collins campsite in the brothers wilderness olympic national forest which apparently is a good spot to go. Mm-hmm. And we were going camping for four days with my girlfriend's sister and a few friends. We were on Washington 104 Northeast and came up to the center loop midpoint to get on the center road to head to the campsite. We made a right turn onto center road, but it curved south under highway and driving for just a few minutes and coming out of a long curve to a long straightway, approaching mile marker number three. Moments passing side. That's a weird sentence. I don't know what they wrote there. This was pulled right off of that per, that organization's website, too. Mm-hmm. It says approaching mile marker number three moments passing side road called Debob Road. A rock no bigger than a small apple came flying out of the tree line and hit my truck on the top of the hood near the passenger's windshield wiper. I wanted to stop and get out to investigate but my girlfriend was a bit nervous about stopping and did not want to mm-hmm. we continued to drive to our destination for a minute or two to process what just happened to us and we both spoke the word bigfoot mm-hmm. we both have no doubt in our minds that it was a bigfoot that threw the rock we believe it was not likely any kids throwing rocks due to the remoteness of the area or any close houses the rock did not tumble off a cliff or hillside because the area was flat and due to the trajectory and speed of the rock it came right at us I mean, like you said last week, apparently Bigfoot likes to throw boulders and rocks and... Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Maybe it just likes to mess with people. Right. Or it's like warning you, like, stay away from me. You know what I mean? Like, like stay away. Like, I, this is my home. Right. Get away. Like a warning. Yeah. Who knows? So then it said... They go on to explain that the girlfriend says that she saw something big and black at the tree line just before the rock hit. I did not see anything, only the rock as it hit my truck. We both know the Olympics has tons of Bigfoot reports, so I would not have any doubt it was a Bigfoot that threw the rock. We pulled into a gas station at fifteen about 15 minutes later to get gas, and I took a picture of my with my cell phone of the damage 
we notice an approximately one inch chunk of paint missing where the rock hit all the way to the campsite. And for the next few days, the thought of a Bigfoot throwing a rock and hitting my truck never left my mind. And we continue to talk about it a lot. So none the actual investigation. They actually like typed out the investigation. Oh, wow. It says, I talked to both witnesses by phone, and it was the follow-up investigation report by the BFRO investigator, Kevin uh, Llewellyn. Okay. He was focused on driving, so did not see the figure, but he saw the rock flying from the tree line and hit the truck. He noted they were not seeing other cars on the road. His girlfriend saw a dark brown to black figure for about three seconds, 20 to 30 feet from the road at the tree line. It was in a crouched or squatting position, sort of like a baseball catcher. It was about four feet high with shoulders about three feet wide. She did not see ears or neck. She described it as a big, big and bulky and was adamant it was not a bear sitting there nor a person. It was all dark, including the face, and it seemed to have hair all over the face. She did not see it move, but then her focus went seeing, went to seeing the rock come from the tree line. He almost came to a stop, but she had a strange feeling come over her and did not want to. I had her look at sketches in the Bigfoot sketch project found on the BFRO homepage when she saw the Bob Snyder body sketch, which is standing. She said that is what the chest, shoulders, face and head look like because it was squatting. She could not see below the chest. If she could have seen the figure move, this would be a class A report. Hmm. I've been on BFRO expeditions with this couple and their credibility and observational skills are not to be questioned. Weather check for the nearby Seattle, Washington on this date, mostly cloudy, visibility 10 miles, zero precipitation, wind from the southwest at five miles per hour, no wind gusts. Sunset was at 8.13 p.m. Like, they do investigations. Yeah, sounds like it. That's crazy. Yeah. So that, I mean, I just I just geeked out over Bigfoot for like an, for 30 minutes, and I welcome you on this journey. <laughs> Thank you. Go um, look for Bigfoot in Washington. I... Okay, next time I'm going to be there in a month. Perfect. Go. <laughs> Take a break from work and go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email MVP at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast. My Village Productions. 